We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ryan says, great first name, by the way. Sorry if you addressed this earlier, jumping into the uh, to post this and listen later. After learning more about Jared Parker's offense, what strengths, weaknesses of each quarterback are highlighted in a Jared Parker-led offense? Well, let's start with Sam Hartman, and, and we'll be kind of brief with some of these. Strengths, Jared Parker's a Jared Parker-led offense is going to throw the football down the field a whole lot more than we've seen in the past. And that plays right into Sam Hartman's strengths. I'm going to have a breakdown after the spring. I've got a bunch of clips, Ryan. I'll have to send you the video so you can look at it. I've literally got like, it's a seven minute long video of nothing but Sam Hartman throwing deep balls. Nice. <laughs> and I had to cut off like five minutes because it was like way too long. Yeah. And and I'm going to use it to kind of break down some some stuff that I that I that I have seen from him about what makes him so effective throwing the ball down the field. So you're going to see that. That's a big one. The, the weakness of Sam of Sam Hartman, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a weakness per se, but just not a ton is I think the, the timing throws. It's a different type of offense, so he's going to have to get used to more of a pro-style read. A pro-style offense is going to ask for timing a little bit more than whatever that spread offense was that he was he was doing at at, uh, at Wake Forest. Not that it was bad. Like We we say like trash mesh, but it worked for Wake. I mean, it, it's why sure. they were able to win the games they were winning. It was It's gimmicky, but I, I still hate it. So I, I think that's part of it. I, I think the lack of height is, is a little overplayed, but there are some scenarios where it is problematic. It's just my issue is when people say that it's an issue for Sam, but not for Tyler, because he's literally half an inch difference. It's just, you know, your starting tackles are six, six and six, almost six, eight. Right. It's like not that big a difference. No. And, but but it's, you know, weaknesses. I think the footwork is where it comes down to for me for Sam is he's got he's got to get cleaner footwork for this for him to really maximize in this offense and i think this offense because of the pro style nature of it the rpo nature of it there's stuff where he's got to catch be in rhythm and get the ball out he's got to hit the top of his drop and get the ball out uh, sam didn't do that a ton you'd see sam get to the top of his drop and then okay we're going through the read now i gotta gather, throw from gather. a stationary position right yeah yeah notre dame it's more hit your drop get the ball out throw it into space throw him open yeah He's going to have to do that a lot more at Notre Dame than he did at Wake Forest. And I think that's part of the reason he came to Notre Dame, to be completely honest with you. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Tyler strengths. It's an offense that can easily be used to to take advantage of his mobility. RPO it's, game and yes, game and yes. Yeah. The, Jared Parker's offense can easily be adapted to fit what Tyler does does there. Weaknesses, you know, consistency as a thrower is still something he's got to prove. Ryan, sure. I mean, this is an a pro style offense needs a bit more precision, and that's something that killed Notre Dame last year. Is to me, if you're in a pro style offense, Ryan, you know, you feel free to disagree with me if you want. You got to be at at least 65% completion percentage, at least in a pro style yeah. offense to be really effective the way that you need to be, in my view, at least, at least. And they were 62 last year. And that's a very deceiving 62 because they threw a lot of screens a lot of and slides. a lot of quick game, a lot of slides, <laughs> a lot of crossers, yeah. you know, yeah. a lot of that stuff. And so Tyler still needs to prove to me that he can be more precise because that's the thing that in a, in an RPO, like you can't throw in completions on RPOs unless the defense just jumps it and you make a bad read or they make a good play. You know, guy gets his hand up. You can't miss RPO because yeah. usually on RPOs, you're throwing to an open guy. They'll do some, I think they're going to do some glance stuff a little bit this year. I wouldn't shock me if they do some glance stuff. And that's a little bit of a tougher RPO throw, but like the bubbles, the slides, the quick outs, the hitches. It's supposed to be know, easy, man. Make the easy things easy. Those are layups, man. Yeah. Those are layups. And and Tyler hasn't always done the easy things. He hasn't easy. always made the easy things look easy. And that's still an important part of this offense that Tyler needs to get better at. Now we've seen it in spring. He's getting better. That's in two practices. I need to see him do it on Saturday. So I think those are the those are the two. And, and and I also think that this offense is designed for a guy that has a little bit of gunslinger in him too. I think both of these kids have gunslinger in them. And I think yep. that's where it really takes to that next level is do you have some gunslinger in you? Like Joe Burrow ran a very precision offense at LSU, but Joe Burrow had gunslinger in him too. Oh, 100%. And, and that combination can make you lethal. I'm not saying these guys are as good as Joe Burrow. I'm just – 
making the point that Joe Burrow had played in a great system, but it wasn't like he was, you know, Danny Warfel at Florida's offense, where it's like dude, just the design is so phenomenal, just get the ball where it's supposed to go to. I mean, you got to have some stuff where you gotta you gotta say, okay, I gotta go gotta, do something here. Gotta yeah. make a big boy throw occasionally, yeah. man. You gotta, make yeah, a big I put boy my big throw. boy pants on and make that big boy throw. <laughs> you are absolutely right, absolutely right. And I think both of these guys have that in them. Yeah. You know, and I think they both need to do it. Here's the other thing. They both need to do a better job protecting the football. Agreed. And again, turnovers don't bother me in certain situations. And if they're from a point of being aggressive, as long as they're not dumb. Yeah. Like, throwing into triple coverage where there's literally got to go through the chest of two defenders to get to that receiver. That's not aggressive. That's stupid. Yes. This is dumb. Don't do that. Uh, those are things that you need to eliminate. You should put that on a shirt. That's dumb. Don't do that. That's dumb. Don't, <laughs> That's dumb. Don't do that. Yes, absolutely. Good Good question. Uh, mm. Rob Osgood, uh, this is an easy one, Ryan. I'll real quick, do the QBs have offseason coaching? If so, by who? They do, and one of the things that Sam and Tyler have talked about is they actually had this – they had met before Sam came here. They had the same quarterbacks coach, correct? I'm not quite sure uh, the guy's they, name. But are they at 3D in Cali? Probably, I right? think so, 3D? yeah, because Sam yeah. had talked about how he was hanging out with Tyler when he was out there at, at the uh, – maybe may it, but he, they, they were talking about how they had the same quarterbacks coach. It makes sense. So, I, know, I, I know 3D quarterback coaching in Cali is like one of the biggest yeah. that a lot of people go to, so yeah. it makes sense. And Drew Pine had a guy out in the East Coast that he went to. That They yeah. all do. As long as it's not George Whitfield, I'm good. Everyone has a private quarterback coach today, man. Yeah. Everyone has one. Yeah, it's a big there's business. Some really, there's man. some real. There's some really good ones. There's some not great ones either, but there's some really good ones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Here we go, Jason Rose. Jason Rose says, "Hey guys, who's the best player returning at each position in the country heading Ooh. into 2023?" Wow, that's a fun Ooh. show. Uh, quarterbacks easy. It's Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, right? Yeah. Wide receiver. I think that's easy. I think it's Marvin Harrison. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that one's pretty easy. I think it's Marvin uh-huh. Harrison. Who would you say if it's not him? You would say is I mean, I don't even know if there's a second. To be honest with you, I <laughs> like Mecca Buka. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I think the Washington. I think the Washington kids can make. Again, I'm not looking from a draft standpoint. Just you know, really good Roma, playmakers. Roma yeah, player. Rome Rome's pretty flipping good. He, he's a pretty he good really player, good. but I I don't think there's a I don't think there's really a debatable number two. Somebody will step up and challenge him during the season, but like going into the season, I don't, I don't know who the heck that would be. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think there's anybody um, that that I would say I'm going to hear you make a legitimate debate on being as good as. That's like, um, yeah, that's like yeah. tight end now. Brock Bowers is number one. Like it's not, yeah, like it's not debatable. That's an, that's point. another one. That's another yeah. one that's, that's not debatable to me. I mean. Him and Michael Mayer to me last year were clearly one and two, and then yeah. Dalton Kincaid was clearly number three, and I mean that in a, in a positive way, not a slam. Like he was clearly not as good. I don't mean that. I mean like after those two, he was clearly the third best tight end I thought last year. Yeah. Now it's just Brock Bowers. Yes, and again, somebody will step up and have a great year and challenge him. But right now, it's it's Brock. It's, it's Brock Bowers. Yeah, left tackle or offensive tackle. It's an easy one. It's Joe Alt. Yeah. Um. That's an easier one, Ryan. To me, who, I don't even know. In, who's, interior, who's, I'm not quite sure who that would be. To be honest I, with you, I'm trying to think of some great offensive tackles that are coming back. Otherwise, um, interior offensive line, I think Cedric Van Praan from Georgia is very good as a center. Um, Zach Zinner from Michigan is very good. That's a couple guys that are popping into my mind. Zach Zinner at guard is one that I would. Yes, um, he's very I feel good. good about right now. Again, we're not talking NFL draft. We're talking about college. 
football very good. players. Most of the best centers left, right, Ryan? Who, who's the good centers coming back? Van Praan from Georgia is a good, really good player. He's, yeah. Um, Trying to think who else I've been purposely avoiding running back Ryan because I'd have to kind of go look and see who's coming back, but off the top of my head, I'd probably say Blake Corum. Yeah, it's if he's Corum, healthy, he's probably yeah. the best running back coming back. Because like there's like Chase Brown went pro, right? He went yeah, pro. Chase Brown's gone. I think Chase the Brown's kid gone. from uh the kid from Pitt went pro. Yep. They would be guys gone. that statistically could have a could be in the conversation, but most of those guys went pro. Carson Steele put up great numbers at ball state. We'll see how that translates at UCLA. Uh, you know, statistically, he's in the conversation, but but to me, uh, I, Bla- I think Blake Blake Corum was going to go to the Heisman Trophy yeah. ceremony if he didn't get hurt. If he doesn't so. hurt, yeah. Quinshawn <laughs> yeah. Junkins had a great freshman year at Ole Miss. Like he's yeah, he's a guy that if you can give him he, better, he pushed out Zach guy. Evans, man. He pushed yeah. out Zach Evans. Yeah, so, yeah. Quinshawn Junkins is the guy that I would say probably right now, based on what we saw last year, is the only guy that I would say belongs in that conversation. I'm not as high on on Braylon Allen as some other folks. You know, he's a good running back, but he's not in that. That's a dude category honestly no he's not there yet and i don't know how he's what's going to happen in that offense i mean are they going to look like 2020 north carolina or the last two years north carolina that's what i don't know it's going to look like 2020 north carolina then he's going to put up some really big numbers in that offense really big numbers but yeah yeah, blake quorum to me and quinshawn junkins are two guys that i had quinshawn as a four-star coming out ryan i liked that kid a lot they recruited him they recruited him uh he's a good football player man He's a really sure good football is. player. Those to me are the top. Those that's one and two to me, as far as I know. Defensive line, I honestly, I, there's a lot of guys I'd have to go study. Honestly, I don't even I don't even know enough about who's coming back. I know a linebacker, the Drake Thomas kid's coming back. He put up big numbers last year, but I don't. Nah, he's I don't in the know draft. Thomas is he in the draft? draft? Really? Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Jared Verse, a defensive end. If he's healthy, oh Jared Verse, yeah. He's if he's healthy, good. you know, yeah. I'd say probably him at defensive end. Defensive tackle. I don't know. I don't know who that would be, Ryan. Oh, I, I got I got one. Yeah. Um, not a defensive tackle, but defense fan. I would just like to throw out Braylon Trice from Washington. He's yes. a stud as yes. well. He's a stud. Yes. Did you <laughs> see Savelle Smalls went in the portal? Did he again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought, no, I thought not he again. Went, this is his first time. I thought he, he went in last year. Then, I thought he out. went in and then came back out. I might have. Yeah. Though. Might yeah. have. He's in yeah. the portal again. Uh, D tackle. Who would, who would your, who would that be? I, I honestly, I gotta, this is why I haven't come out with a top 25. Cause I got to do more studying yeah. of like who all is coming back. I know Ohio state had a kid last year. I was really high on Michael Hall. Michael yeah, Hall. He's, he's really good. I don't know if I'd say he's like best in the country, but just of the guys I know, he's a, he's a pretty good player. I can't think of too many. Oh, um, Leonard Taylor from Miami's was good last year. He did I see, loss. did I see that? No, I'm thinking of somebody else jumped in the portal. I was going to say, did I see that he jumped in the portal? No, he did not. Uh, best linebacker, uh, best corner. I mean, I, I think that's a conversation. I think Benjamin Morrison is 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 in that conversation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would say he's definitely the. You know who's a, a linebacker that I think I don't know if I'm ready to put him in there now, Ryan. Um, but a guy that could end up being the best linebacker this year, and as some people are putting as a, a preseason uh, All American, is a kid from LSU. Now I'm not ready Carol to. Perkins. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not ready to go there now. Because I want to yeah. see him, you know, be a year two, but he's got a lot of talent. He he really has a lot of he's, talent. He's um, used very uniquely by yeah. LSU. They blitz him A and B gap a lot. Like he's yeah. that kind of dude. He's very interesting, yeah. Perkins. Yeah. You know who's good is um Abdul Carter from Penn State, who's gonna be a sophomore yes. this year. It's a oh stud. yeah. He's very good. Oh he's yeah. You know who the first team all do you know the first team preseason all American was at center, Ryan, according to because there's only been one all American list come out, preseason list come out at Walter Camp. They had center. Drake Nugent. 
Oh, yeah, he transferred to Michigan, right? Yeah. yeah. The Stanford kid? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on. He's a solid player, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Uh, uh, but their first, I mean, they had a lot of the same ones we did. They had Rome and Marvin Harrison, Brock Bowers, Joe Walt, Caleb Williams, Blake Corm, Quinshawn Jukins, Jared Verse. Their, uh, Braylon Trice was their two DNs. The other two defensive linemen they had were uh, Jerzon Newton from Illinois. Oh, he's a stud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Call, and then Dante Corleone from Cincinnati, who I'm not overly familiar oh. with. My guy yeah. is 340 pounds of just yeah. mayhem on the interior. That's yeah. a good mention by them. That's a good mention. Yeah. Uh, Braylon Trice. So I said Tommy Eichenberg, a linebacker. Uh, Very you know, productive I, last year. Productive. I'm not putting him in that. He, I'm not putting him in that conversation. Jeremiah Trotter to me is not a first team All American player. Uh, to me, corner Kalen King is is in the Kale conversation. Yeah, Kool Aid McKinstry is in the conversation. Benjamin Morrison's in the conversation. I would put Benjamin there now because I think those other two guys are just a little bit more proven. Yeah, Kalen King, I like a lot. Kalen King was the yeah. best Penn State corner by last far. year that no one talked about. <laughs> by far, yeah, yeah, by far. Uh, safety, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure about that one. Who's a Malachi Starks guy? is probably who I would. Who, if I had to pick a guy, I'd probably go with Malachi. But Starks like, or the Kitchens kid from Miami was good last yeah. year. He, had like he was first team preseason All American. They had Kalen yeah. Bullock from USC as a preseason first team All American, and I was like, he makes no. some plays on the ball. He doesn't tackle his no. soul though, man. He is he is no. allergic to contact. Allergic yeah. to contact. No, I'm not going like. there. I'm not going there, man. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. Clemson had two preseason All-Americans, one on first team, one on second team. Barrett Carter was the other. You know, I'll tell you what, a guy that I think could have like a breakout All-American year this year is, uh, that was a second team All-American is uh, Dumas Johnson from Georgia. It's a really good football Yeah, player. kid's good. Both their inside yeah. linebackers are good, man. Him and yeah. the Munden kid are both good. Yep. Yeah, it's Dumas Johnson's really yeah. good, though. Yeah. Yep. Really good player. So, I mean, yeah. those are those are – those are some names on the board. Well, this will be a much more fun conversation when we get into like June after I've been able to study all the spring teams and all that other kind of stuff. It'll and after guys are done transferring and all yeah, that good stuff. Exactly. Well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Here's uh, Brian oh, Dembo. We, we've, we've got about place kicker. So we yeah, go there. Uh, we're, we're going to move on. All right. Uh, Brian yeah. said Notre Dame is 2 0 against a non Trevor Lawrence Clemson. Are they considered a big game? Yeah. Yes. Still considered a yeah. big game. <laughs> Ohio State beat Michigan for like 15 straight years. It was still a big game every year, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think what I think Brian, where that where that becomes relevant is, is is if Notre Dame beats Clemson again this year, and Clemson has now not won a title since 2018. What I think that means is Notre Dame has would then have surpassed Clemson as a program if they beat them three times in a row without Trevor Lawrence, and now that and that would then make them three and one against Clemson in the last five years. Yeah, Notre Dame passes Clemson. Because yeah. now, because my window for top programs, as we had in our conversation, right, is five year window. Right now, 2018 is at the very end of the five year window for Clemson. It counts. Clemson is the better program. They also beat Notre Dame in the ACC title game. Those teams are two and two against each other. Yep. And Clemson won the two games that mattered, the postseason games. I don't care that Notre Dame won the two regular season games at home, one in double overtime, and the other one was not a great Clemson team. Did you win the games that mattered? Well, next year, that 2018 game is no longer part of the conversation because now everybody from that team is gone. It's not in that five-year window. Most of the coaches from that team are gone, except for yeah. Dabo, basically. And the old, even the O-line coach is gone. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Notre, what it would mean is Notre Dame would pass them, but it's a huge game. Huge and game it's for a, Notre It's Dame. a big brand. I mean, that's like saying yeah. – if Notre Dame beats Ohio State this year without CJ Stroud, is that not a big? Yes, it's a big yeah. win. It's still, that's a massive win. Yes. Right. 
Right. It's still a brand, yeah. man. Yeah. It's in, 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 you know, and I think, I don't think Clemson's good back. You know, no, Garrett Riley and Kate, Klum, they're back. No, they're not back, but they're going to be better than what they've be been in the last two years, in my opinion, offensively. Now, they may have to score a lot because their defense is shaky to me a little bit. They could be shaky a little bit this year to me, Ryan. Yeah. <clears throat> They're really good at linebacker, although I think a little overrated at linebacker, to be completely honest with you. Uh, their defensive line returned some good players. <clears throat> Interior is going to be but, good. Yeah. yeah. But they lost two really good players. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, And then the secondary is still a mess. It's still a mess to me, but they do have some good young players that I think could could do some things for them. But uh, I'm also not sold on their defensive coordinator. Still, yeah, so that's we'll that's the final thing for me. Yeah, yep, final thing for me. All right, let's see here. All right, Ryan, let's get down to. We're going to get the last few here real quick. Here's yeah. an uh, real quick. Andre Tonsil says, "Isn't championship or bust for most Power Five teams, including Notre Dame?" I, I don't think so. Not realistically. Not, not, not if you're. Yeah. There's not even ten, or maybe, maybe about ten, where you should. Like, if you're Ohio, okay, three in the Big Ten should have this view. Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan should have that view. Even though Michigan hasn't won a ton of titles. They have like a half of one since the end of World War One. But still it's it, you know, you're you're a you're a big boy. In the Big Twelve, there's only two teams should have that view, in my opinion, Texas and Oklahoma. That's it. In the Pac twelve, there's only one that should have that view. That's it. USC. I mean Oregon has Oregon when has Oregon ever won a national championship in football? I have no idea. I mean it not in my lifetime. I mean they could have won one back like in the thirties you know, because like Minnesota has one, right? Like back in the thirties, Minnesota has Does one. Minnesota have one? That's fine. They have a couple. Minnesota was dominant in the thirties, man. Like really dominant <laughs> in the thirties. Uh, national championships, no, they don't have a national championship, and so they shouldn't. I mean, UCLA should have more of a claim to it than they should, but uh, SEC, there's several. I mean, yeah, Bama, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, Florida, LSU. LSU. Yeah. I don't think AM should belong in that category. When you got to manipulate and, and add titles to your resume that you didn't actually earn, that you didn't use to claim, your program's not a serious program, yeah. But those are the only ones in the SEC now, others will Auburn fans will. They act, the Auburn fans think that they're that way, but they're not. That's just uh, Auburn, Auburn fans right now would be very content with beating Alabama right yeah. now with what yeah. they are. So, till they have one good season under Hugh Freeze, then they're back to being unrealistic about who they are as a program. Uh, but blame Cam uh, Newton, and then man. blame Cam Newton, and then ACC to me, Florida State Clemson. and Clemson are it. My Miami should be there, but I just don't think that school cares. Right I just don't think that school cares about winning champ. I, I don't. I think it's really it's just Florida State and and and, and Clemson. And then uh, is that that's it? We did Big Ten, Big Twelve. Yeah. yeah, we did everybody. And then of course Notre Dame. That that's it. So I mean that that's a decent number. Maybe you know, we'll see. Well, the SEC adds like half of the ten, so that's like five <laughs> in the SEC. And then there's the three Big Tens. There's Notre Dame. There's two ACCs. There's two SECs and one. So fourteen is what we said. Fourteen, 14 out of. However, 132, many. <laughs> 131, something like that. Yeah. 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 Well, his question was power five. Power so five. 13 out of 65, basically. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at, Andre. I think if you're if you're a pro fan of another team that we didn't mention and you're like, no, we should be on there. No, you shouldn't. No, you, no, you shouldn't. There's a couple teams I'd hear an argument UCLA to hear an argument from, you know, Oregon I'd hear an argument from, even though they haven't won one, just because of the resources or whatever. But I would still wouldn't put them in that in that conversation. Just that's just yeah. my two cents. Here's an interesting one, Ryan. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this because I want to get your opinion first. This is from Josh Buffalo, okay. the motivational business banker. With Sam Hartman's college numbers, 
If he wins a natty with Notre Dame in 23, is he a college football Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I mean, if he wins a national cha- – if he has a national championship on his belt, he's an all-time leading touchdown thrower in a conference, a major conference too, not just like a small conference, like the ACC. And if he wins a championship with Notre Dame, I assume he throws probably, what, like another 30 touchdowns this year plus? I mean, he's going to have 140-plus – career just touchdown passes not even counting rushing so yeah you'd be a college football hall of famer in my mind like that's every part of the resume man you won you have big numbers you're an all-time leader in a conference like yes absolutely but just to put in the perspective where sam hartman would be if he wins a natty let's say he wins a national championship this year ryan and all he does is is have the same exact production that jack cone had two years ago. Yeah. 3,100 yards passing 25 touchdowns. And let's just say Notre Dame's got a elite defense. They are um, running the ball for 280 yards a game. He's coming out in the third quarter of every game. Cause they're just blowing people out. Let's yeah. just say that he just repeats Jack Cohen, which is okay. Numbers 3,100 yards and uh, 25 touchdowns, which for context, Ryan, this year, if last year, if you put it into the national perspective, 3,100 yards last year would rank uh, 31st just ahead of Jack Plummer in yards. Oh, Jack Plummer, man. Yeah, and touchdowns, it would rent, it would tie you for 25th with like Jaden Delorier, Curtis Rourke, Todd Santiago, and Dylan Gabriel, and Nicosi Perry, right? Nicosi Perry, nice. Yeah. If he just does that, he would finish his college career fourth all-time in passing yards with over 16,000 yards. And he would finish his career third all-time in passing touchdowns at 135. If you have that production plus a national championship at a place like Notre Dame, yeah, you're probably a college football Hall of Famer. Who's the all-time leader in touchdown passes? Is it Case Keenum, I would assume? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Case Keenum with 155. And then Kellen Moore with 142. Now here's the interesting thing: if he he could, I don't think it's gonna. But if he if he does what Ian Book did in 2019, he's second mm-hmm. all time. He passes Kellen Moore at 142. That'd be wild. That'd yeah, be wild, man. he'd have to have a crazy year to get to Case Keenum. He'd need 45 touchdowns to tie Case Keenum. I, I yeah. don't see that happening. Not with the way Notre Dame's going to run the football. In the best <laughs> right. case scenario, I don't see that one happening. But yeah, if he just puts up kind of pedestrian numbers, he's going to finish in the top five all time in passing yards, and he's going to finish top five all time in passing touchdowns, and he would have a national title at a place like Notre Dame. Yeah, bring bring Notre Dame its first thing. championship in thirty years. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and think about who he'd have years. To, think about who he'd have to beat to get there. Yeah. You have to beat at least two of Clemson, Ohio State, and USC, and then you're going to have yep. to be at least one of Georgia. Oklahoma, I mean, Georgia, Bama, something like that in the playoff. Yeah, you're, you, you make some Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, let's get to a few more here before – I know, Ryan, you got to run here soon. I'm going to ask you this one, Ryan. Actually, yeah. let me get to one other first. Um, Zaremba R with a question but, here, Ryan. Yeah, the question is, does moving styles, Lorenzo Styles, to defensive back change the numbers for receivers you take for 2024? I, I don't think so. Yeah, um, because like you said, so. I mean, Matt Salerno is the only one that exhausts eligibility in theory, right? right? So like you aren't guaranteed to lose anybody else. So yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I think as long as you get the, the three in 2024 that you want, I think you're still in very good spot. Like, you don't need to. And yeah. you're also in a situation where, like, if there is another defection, if there isn't, like, again, guys, like, I, we're not going to build this way consistently, but, like, Transfer Portal is an option to also construct a roster as well. Yes. Right? Like, you can and one Notre Dame should take advantage of, as we've seen yep. them do. Thomas Harper, Javante Jean-Baptiste. Obviously, it didn't work out for Caleb Smith, but, like, you're going to get yep. a Caleb Smith type of player. And the reason I wanted to bring that question up first is because one of the, the questions was a, was about a, a specific kid. Tyler Smith asked, said, how, how would you guys feel if Notre Dame went after Jordan Hudson in the second transfer portal? And that's a kid from TCU. And, you know, if I remember him correctly, he's a good player. Played a little bit for TCU last year, caught 14 balls as a freshman. But, like, my question is, does he really move the needle for you? I, I don't I don't think that he does. I don't think yeah. that he's such a good enough – like, here's the deal. If, like, jo- if a Jordan Addison type of player – wanted to come to Notre Dame? Yeah. If Marvin Harrison jumped on the portal and wanted to come to Notre Dame? Yeah. If a Mecca, I mean, if, if Jalen McClellan would have jumped on the portal and said, Hey, I want to come to Notre Dame. I want to come back. I want to get my degree from Notre Dame. But yeah. Okay. Sure. Bring it on. It's got to be a dude because yeah. the guy that's coming in for depth to me stunts the development of the freshman. That, that, that's the way I look at it. So, it, and that's true, Ryan, almost any position. That's true. Receiver, tight end, guard, defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker, corner. I'm um, probably not corner. Safety. If a dude wants to come, I'm open. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm open even in positions you don't think you have a need. But those aren't the guys jumping in the portal. And if they are, they're jumping in the portal for one reason and one reason only. They're looking for a payout. And their name's not going to offer that. Yeah. That's just – that's the reality of it. And so safety, I don't need a dude. I, I mean, give me a good football player at safety. I don't need a dude. There's a legitimate need there. Yeah. The only way I'm taking a linebacker is if like Harold Perkins jumps in a portal once come Notre Dame. Like that, that, you know, a guy that's a legitimate, definite upgrade. Cause otherwise, cause you don't have to understand is it's not just about numbers and need. It's also about your, and the best way I can describe it is that scene for miracle where they bring in that stud from Minnesota that Herb had coached and he, and, and, and they're like, look, coach, we're a family. Like we've got this chemistry being built here. That's so important in team sports, especially the team sports where you have more than like three or four or five guys. I mean, it's, it's important in basketball. It's important, but it's even more important when you're talking about, you got 11 starters in the field and, and, and the game is so much about free flowing. You can take a baseball player. That's a center fielder and just plop them into center field. Right. And number three hole in your lineup. Football's yep. a different deal, man. You know what I mean? Uh, there's just shortstop and second base is a different deal because there's so much being on the same page that you need to turn doubles and you know. But but football, especially, is just a different animal, Ryan. That that, that camaraderie, that chemistry, that that team building thing. If you're gonna mess with that, you better be messing with it with an absolute dude. That it's Stop. so obvious to everyone on the roster. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I get, I've used this example. I've made this story at corner. There's kids that I know at Notre Dame at corner that are staying at Notre Dame right now. They're not upset that Benjamin Morrison, I mean, they're not happy they got passed up, but it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. That guy's really freaking good. And they yeah. knew it from day one. They're like, yeah, this guy's different. You know what I mean? When you get passed up by somebody that everybody in the planet knows that guy's just better than you, you can live with that a little bit. As yes. long as the coaches were on it, hey, look, just so you know, we're going to go into portal and we're going to look for a guy, but we're only going to look for this type of thing. And, that guy comes in and he's a one-year guide and you learn from that guy for a year. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Comes back to honesty, man. Comes back to honesty as far as what your approach is. I agree completely. 
Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Here's an interesting question from Tyler Smith. Tyler says, last question. Don't know if you got to see the Ohio State spring game, but the talk around town here is everyone is worried about the offensive line. If you got a chance to watch, what did you see? I'm rightfully worried. Yeah. Did you watch I, it, Ryan? I watched a little bit of it, yeah. I, I think interior offensive line is going to be fine. Should, they have, should, should be. Maybe. Yeah. Donovan Jackson's a good player. I think Carson Hinsman's going to be the starting center, most likely it sounds like. And they had Matthew Jones coming back, who's solid, you know. But the offensive tackles are very worrisome. They have the Fryer kids starting at left tackle, apparently, who I don't think that's a good situation. They're going to go to the portal for yeah. tackles. I, I think I'd so, be too. shocked if they don't. Yeah, And I think guard guard is fine because you know who you have, but I don't think interior is great. Carson Hinman's a first-year guy. I like – I mean, you know, Ryan, I thought they should have taken him at Notre Dame at the 22 class. I, I still yeah. think that was a mistake. But I, I like him. Matthew Jones is just – he's just uh, – he's a, he's he's a guy. Yeah. yeah, Donovan Edwards has, has got some potential. He's got to take another step this year. But when he was on last year, he was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's just got to be more consistent, which it's not not – he was a first-year starter. Kind of yeah, expect that a little bit. Yeah. But now, like you said, the tackle position is, is a mess. And, and – their offensive line didn't play that great last year when they had all those guys. I thought their offensive line was it looked it played very well against Notre Dame, but they were very inconsistent last year. And yeah. and I don't know if that's you know first year coach. I don't know what it is, but I was not impressed. They they would have a couple snaps. Like there's a couple times in the second half that they opened up big gaping holes. But then you're like you look at who's on the field on defense. You're like, oh okay, I get that one. You know, but I yeah, it's it's a problem. But I I think it's not something they need to overreact to because. They're breaking in so many new guys. Like, what did you expect them to look like by practice 15? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think this is a little bit of an overreaction as well. They need to get a portal tackle. I just, I think they need to get a, their tackle talent right now is just not good, in my opinion. They need to go to the portal to help them a tackle. Yeah. But overall, like it, I think they're going to be, a, they're still going to have a good line. It's not going to be bad. They're going to have an okay line this year at the very least. Cause again, it's practice 15 and you're breaking in a bunch of new guys, not just in the first group, but the second group as well. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a justifiable problem, but I think some people are, are 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 going a little overboard with their concern, or in other fan bases, going a little bit overboard in there. Ha ha! Your offensive line sucks, kind of thing. Like it's freaking spring ball, guys. Let's calm the heck down. I think the one tough part is I, I don't think that they have a true left tackle that is like a really good option right now. Because like I I think if they had a really good left tackle option. Like if let's say if Paris Johnson was coming back, for instance, right? And that you just had like 
Josh Fryer's our right tackle. I think you're fine. Like, I think you'd be okay there, but it's just, I just don't think they have a true left tackle that is ready to play right now, which hurts them a little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like their tackles right now, but again, it's flipping April. So here's a super chat from the real coconut, Ryan. And the real coconut says if Sam Hartman passes for 4,000 yards this year, he'll finish third all time, maybe second if it's around 4,100. Yeah, he he would need to get to the other number. He would need to get to the forty one hundred number to have a shot. So right now, right now, Ryan, he is uh, at four thousand. It would get him third. It would pass Landry Jones. He'd be at sixteen thousand nine hundred and sixty seven. At forty one hundred, he'd get to seventeen thousand and sixty seven, which puts him five yards behind Timmy Chang. So he'd have to throw for four thousand one hundred and six this year to pass Timmy Chang. In, in Land, Landry Jones is third career in yeah. passing yards. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's been a long nuts. time. Graham Harrell's number four. Yeah, you you want to hear a, a, a crazy? You want to hear a crazy number? Do you know how many yards he would have to pass for to pass Case Keenum, number one all time? <laughs> um, what is he at right now? What's his career number at the moment? Twelve thousand nine hundred sixty-seven. He'd have to throw six thousand something, maybe six thousand two hundred fifty to tie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Case Keenum had three years with over 5,000 passing yards. It's gross, man. Yeah. It's absolutely gross. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a little nutty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's um, let's get to a few more here, Ryan. Uh, let's see here. Let me get to a couple of these. Let's see here. Uh, here's a two-parter from Joe Medina. Joe says, since TB12, Tyler Buckner can't just beat out Sam he has to blow Sam out of the water to be awarded the starting position. Will it create resentment within the team that Tyler Buckner never got a true shot? For me personally, I would be very upset if a guy's hard work wasn't truly rewarded. I, I think that's a. I, I don't. I I reject the premise, Joe. I, I understand what you're saying, but the reality is, is why? It, it, first of all, this is this is our opinion. We're not saying the coaching staff holds the same view. They may say, "Hey, if Tyler beats him out by one point in the whatever." I don't know how they're – I'm saying for me. But why? It's what we are just talking about. The reason yeah. Tyler has to be significantly better is because the, 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 two, the one given that I know right now is Sam Hartman. I know who Sam Hartman is. Yeah. With Tyler, it's one of those things where, yeah, it looks great in practice, but he's got three career starts under his belt, right? Like, I, and, and now his good is really good, but with Sam Hartman, again, we're talking about a guy that is on pace to be a top five all-time leading passer in the cultural history in yards and touchdowns. So that's why Tyler has to be better because Tyler to me has to be in a situation where he was so good that you're just going to ignore the entire reason that you brought Sam Hartman here in the first place. And, and that's what we're talking about. And, and I don't think the players would resent that because I think they would all know that. And again, there's a reason that they brought Sam Hartman in. It wasn't to, you know, Sam Hartman wasn't brought in as a as a motivational tool to get the most out of Sam Hartman. He was brought in to to compete for the starting job, probably win it, and and hopefully lead this team to a championship. That's the reason he came and the reason they brought him in. So for Sam Hartman to, to not be the starter, it's got to either be injury related or Tyler Buckner was just so good that you can't justify not playing him. I think that's something most of the players would work out with. And Tyler Buckner's uh, – look, you're going to have third stringers that work their butts off and never play a meaningful down. It doesn't mean that their hard work's not being rewarded. 
just means somebody else gives your team a better chance to win. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Who gives you the best chance to win on Saturday? And there's a known commodity and a bit of an unknown commodity. So for the unknown commodity to be that guy, he's got to be just, oh, wow. There's just no, it's a no brainer. I mean, it even took Trevor Lawrence like three games, three, four games to be the starter over Kelly Bryant. Yeah. Right. And that's a way bigger gap in talent than the one we're talking about now between, you know, between Sam and Tyler. So I, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't accept the premise that the players would view it as a guy's hard work, not being rewarded because if 85 kids on your team are all working hard, somebody's hard work's not going to be quote unquote rewarded because they're not going to play. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Are we rewarding all the hard work that Sam Hartman's put in for the last five years as well? Like to your point, right? right? It's like, it's like if you're playing, you know, a bunch of basketball games with your yeah. with your brother or something, right, Brian? And like you beat them six times, they're like, "Oh no, one game, winner takes it all." It's like, but what about right. the last six games right. we played, man? Like, <laughs> and I'm sympathetic to where Joe's coming from because I think the premise is there's a team chemistry here that you need to be mindful of, yeah. and that's why it's important that you don't name a starter right now. And that's the and Joe where where I where I would agree with you is if like after the spring game Notre Dame was like you know what Sam's going to be our starter that'd be like hold on a second like uh he Joe he hasn't outplayed Tyler as much as you know you'd you'd want him to is Tyler real you know then that's where you'd kind of get in a situation where I think there might be some resentment but I think Sam Hartman's earned the respect of his teammates by now as has Tyler Buckner and so I I think that the way that they've gone about it is good and and it's and it's for Sam to win his teammates over. And we have said this all spring. This is good for Sam. It's good for Sam Hartman to be in this battle because he's going to have to win it and show his teammates that, hey, I came here for all the right reasons and I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to be a good teammate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you're going to, I'm going to win your trust. And at that point in time, if he's named the starter, even though maybe Tyler outplayed him a little bit in practice, the players are going to understand because they're going to, they're going to know exactly what we know. 12,967 career yards, 110 career touchdowns, and a guy that led his team to went freaking Wake Forest to 11 wins two years ago, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. And 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 I think they'd also be good if they named Tyler Starr. I, I think they understand. And, you know, now if if it's a thing where Tyler doesn't blow him out of the water per se, that's a bit hyperbolic, but is just signi- just clearly the better guy on a day-to-day basis, that could create some problems. But that's not that hasn't been the reality. Tyler hasn't been the better guy every single day in practice. It's been the better some days, and and Tyler's had a great spring, but Sam's really has had a great career, yeah. <laughs> and that's really what it boils down to. I mean, it's a fair question, Joe. It just I don't I don't think the premise of the I was with you until the last part right here about the hard work not being rewarded. I I don't you know I. I I, I just that's not a a premise that I necessarily kind of kind of buy into. Here's a fun one, Ryan. I'm going to read this one from Jason Smith. I don't think he meant to send this to us, is what he said, but I'm going to read it anyway. Buy or sell. If Deion Sanders is at Colorado five years from now, Colorado is a Big Ten championship contender. Big Ten championship contender. Big Twelve. That's what Big he said. I think is what he oh, meant sorry. to say. Gotcha. He said Big Ten, and I read Big Ten, but I think he meant Big Twelve. Yeah. 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 Even if though they're in the Pac-12, so I'm he's not a, quite if, sure. If he's there for five years, yeah, because, I mean, he's had time Is he also saying that Colorado's gone to the Big Ten? I'm so confused by this. But whatever conference they're in, are they a title contender? Whatever freaking conference they're in, are they a title contender? If they – oh, wait, yeah, because it's – 
Contender, sure, because he'll be able to build the talents in five years is a long time. So yes, but I'm I don't know. Just like there's so I'm much selling. I feel like there's so much that I'm so missing. You're buying, this, Ryan, right? So sort of, I, I'm sort selling, of. and here's why I'm selling. If Deion Sanders is at Colorado in five years, it means he has not won as much as he thought he was going to win. Because if they're a, if they're a, if the minute they become a championship contender, I think he's out. And that's not a shot on Dion. That's true of Bonacos, most people yeah. are going to take the Colorado job. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, that's why I would say if 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 he's still there in five years, I, I don't still think they've taken any kind of jump like that. Now they'll be good because he also won't be fired. So right, right. You know, that's why it's um, such a tough question. So I think they'll be good. I don't know if they'll be a, a power five conference contender in five years if he's still there now. What I, if you were to say what I could see happening is they're a conference championship contender in year five, but Dion's not there anymore because he built That's them fair. up and he got a job, you know, some bigger, you know, bigger place or something like that. Let's say Mike Norvell gets a head coaching job and he takes over Florida State or something like that, or he replaces Nick Saban at Alabama. Who I mean, who knows, man? Like I'm just being, you know, something like that happens for Dion. And they are then able to replace somebody pretty good with him with somebody pretty good because now all of a sudden Colorado's a much more attractive job. Dion's got the yeah. alumni base going. He's got the money flowing in. The prestige is there. It's a it's a popular destination for kids. Because I'll tell you right now, I've been all over this country, Ryan. There are very few places as beautiful as the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. Yeah, I mean it is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I proposed to my wife out that way. We had to drive through Boulder to get to you know, where I proposed to my wife and it's just such a beautiful setting out by Sprague Lake uh, up, up in uh, Estes park. So it's a gorgeous country and it, it, Denver's a big city. It's, I mean, there's a lot happening, so it, it should be a better program than it is. I just don't think they care about football as much as they say they do. But if, if Dion's got them there in three to four years, then all of a sudden he's, he's pulled that out of them and it becomes yeah. a more attractive job. And then they could be a title contender. It's it's you know like Miami never wanted like to me Butch Butch Davis has a is has has won a national championship as a head coach he just wasn't there when it happened <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like Butch built that championship team that Miami had he just didn't happen till after he left yeah. I could see something like that but I don't think Dion makes it to year five if if he's built the program up that well in my it's opinion. gonna be fascinating to watch his trajectory at Colorado man I'm not really sure what to expect as much yeah. as some of people seem to think that yeah it's, it's I, I think they're going to struggle uh a lot more than people think yeah this year i i think because like the thing that people have to understand is um when he went to fresno or jackson and got those athletes he always yeah. almost always had the, the best athletes on the field yep Cormani McLean and Travis Hunter make them more athletic but they're not going to all of a sudden be more athletic than oregon and colorado i mean in ucla i mean then they're going to be so bad at some other spots, mm-hmm. so bad at some other spots. So I think that puts them into that situation. So that's yeah. kind of how I see him. So anyway, uh, good question. I wanted to end it there, right? I thought that'd be a fun question to end it with. So uh, yeah. long show today, man. I tested your endurance today, right? So yeah. uh, you and I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to have sort of our roundup show. We're going to talk about a number of different topics, including making some fun predictions for the blue gold game. Uh, we'll talk about some college football topics. We're going to talk about a whole lot of other stuff uh, tomorrow. So we'll be back at 1 o'clock tonight, 6 o'clock p.m., the IB Nation Sports Talk Show. 
make sure that you're tuned in for that. So also, folks, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. Get down in that merch store, everybody. Check out our, our gear that we have in the merch store. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com as well. If you want to start reading our Irish Breakdown content on a regular basis, we'll make it as easy as possible for you by sending you our top stories from the day before in a newsletter. It's a free subscription newsletter. You just go in there. There's a link in the description box below. Just put your email address in there, and you'll be part of that mailing uh, that mailer on an everyday basis. So definitely want to check that out as well. So that's Ryan. I'm Brian. Had fun with y'all today. Everybody stay safe. Have a great rest of your day. See you all in about an hour and 20 minutes with Sean. And I think Jesse or Vince is, I think, is Jesse or Vince on the show. I don't know. We know Sean Styers is going to be there. That's what I do know. I think it's he'll Jesse have, on Tuesday. He'll have a lot to talk about tonight. So definitely check those out as well. Thanks for being with us today, everybody, on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.